This podcast is created by Open Conversation, a production house that spins original ideas into podcasts. We also work with clients and partners producing their branded podcasts. For more, visit openconversation.com. In this episode, we spoke to David Metzler. He's a former vice president of commercial lending at Home National Bank. His personal life and health took a steep turn years ago that forced him to reconsider things that are the most important for him. Here's David. There's nothing that feels better to me than coming out here in a pair of shorts and my shoes with no socks and trying to run this mountain. Like nothing feels better in this world to me than that. Usually I spend my time at the busier places where I know rescues are going to take place because that way I can just be ready if something if something's going wrong yeah we always encourage people to take their phone first of all take a hike do it right like take a lot of water and take your phone and let somebody know where you're going and how long you're going to be I'm wearing a pager so if somebody calls 911 from any of these mountains in Phoenix I'll get a page and it'll show me exactly where the rescue is and it'll show me what units handling the rescue so wherever rescue gets called in if it's in my the Papago district, which is Piestua, this whole entire preserve, all the access points, Dreamy Draw, 40th Street, Tatum, 32nd Street, 36th Street, then all of Camelback and all of Papago Park. I had a guy, 44-year-old man, physically healthy, had full bag of water still on his back, Coming down Echo after four hours of being on the mountain in 100 degrees, collapse on me and die right in front of me because his electrolytes were so far out of whack. What happens is if you drink too much water, you can dilute electrolytes out of your system. Your heart and organs need sodium and potassium to function. You know, this year I've had to go search and rescue, you know, dead, dead hikers off the mountain, find their bodies. Yeah, we've had some really traumatic stuff happen on that mountain. They overestimate their physical capabilities. Uh, They think it's only a mile to the top. How hard could it be? So they get off their couch and they come over in 90 to 100 degree weather and they they're not prepared for what's about to happen. People are wired like people are they want to get to the summit and even if they're running out of water and overheating they're still determined to try and get to that summit and unfortunately most of our rescues occur in that last third of the mountain where it's hot and steep i grew up in colorado and i was just involved in a lot of different sports my main sport was soccer I just never thought I'd ever be like a long distance mountain type of guy. After I moved to Phoenix, I was playing on some men's league soccer teams out here. I really wasn't enjoying myself with the soccer situation. So I needed a new outlet. That's when I, you know, decided to start doing Camelback. I mean, it was at that point and at the end of a really rough period in my life.
When I moved out here to Phoenix, I was started a banking career in 1994. I was underwriting five to $10 million land loans, commercial loans, truck loans, you know, large business loans. But what was happening in my movement up the banking ladder was I was losing my identity as well. I've gained a ton of weight. I've got all these health issues. I mean, I had every health issue. I had asthma. I had a breathing machine at home. I was covered in psoriasis, which I still have some. I had high blood pressure. I was having anxiety and panic attacks all the time. And so I ended up in the hospital. They told my parents that I had about a 20% chance. So that kind of woke me up, you know, like this isn't me. I was looking out of the window of the hospital at Camelback Mountain. But what I was thinking when I was sitting in that hospital was, I don't need your typical type of recovery that everybody else needs. I need to feel David Metzler again, that graduated from high school, that was just an unbelievable athlete and had all kinds of passion on a daily basis and didn't need, didn't need outside validity in order to feel self-esteem. So for me, looking at the mountain, it was, it was like, I think I can get that back. I quit my job and I sold everything that my fiance and I owned on Craigslist. I just went from, I was making $120,000 a year base salary plus commission. I mean, I went from that to zero in six months and I never felt more of a stress relief in my life. I mean, I just, all I did was just wiped it all out. Like being in that transformation period in recovery really made me focus on what was important. And what was important was my health and my internal happiness. It had nothing to do with expensive cars, condos, and material goods. I don't need any of this stuff. I was happy when I had nothing in college and could barely afford a 99 cent Big Mac. I started uh, hiking Choya three times a week. I knew where I wanted to be, so it didn't really matter to me. I was gonna do it three times a week religiously, and I was gonna lose the weight, and I was gonna kick all these, these ailments I had because I had a fear of heights. I, had, I was carrying around a vial of Xanax. For that first six months, I was, I was too intimidated by Echo Canyon. I was really having a hard time socializing too because socializing for me meant drinking alcohol. So I had been tucked pretty much in hiding for like a year and a half. And I was too scared to even get out into public. And eventually I got to the point where I started feeling really good on that hike. And so like within the first six months of hiking Camelback, I lost about 25 pounds on the mountain. And what happened was the anxiety, the psoriasis started clearing up. My blood pressure went way back to normal, like below normal. So I got to get off the blood pressure medication. I got to get off the Xanax. I wasn't having any more anxiety. I lost my fear of heights. I was getting back to normal. I do a mountain every day. I don't even consider it training. I don't consider it going to get my workout done. I consider it being out in nature, feeling a sense of accomplishment and feeling you know one with the universe and the mountain every day. And I was hanging out at Echo Canyon so much that I met 
all of the regulars. I met all of the park rangers over there, and I ended up volunteering. I was placed on a for the Parks and Recreation Department, it was called the Sonoran Preserve Committee. And what it was was we met once a month and talked about the new trails that were gonna be developed for the city of Phoenix. And so I ended up volunteering and sat on that committee for a couple years. Then after I did the volunteer work, they just hired me as a ranger. They're like, hey, come work for us. You know these mountains really well. And I didn't even ask what I was getting paid. I didn't, I mean, that was how unimportant money was to me at the time. I didn't even know what I was getting paid until I got my first check. <laughs> I was like, oh cool, $16.75 an hour. That was way more than I thought it was gonna be. <laughs> Ooh, look at this. Whoa. Whoa, 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 whoa. Whoa. This video's for mom. <laughs> Sorry, but this is the steepest part. This podcast would not be possible without a support from Lee Thomason. He is a seasoned hiker who pointed me to this and so many other stories you will hear in our future episodes. Our photographer for the project is Teresa Cunningham. I'm Regina Ravazova, and I recorded, edited, and mixed this podcast. Don't forget to find us at any podcast app of your choice. Just search and subscribe to Hike With Me Baby. And if you like what you hear, share the episode with one of your friends. Thank you.